0: john hyatt and i'm lane delaney and we want to welcome you to our inaugural show mm-hmm. our inaugural podcast we're yeah. really looking forward to this and um, this is going to be a podcast
1: about he- heathen topics yeah so it'll be an exploration of modern heathen spirituality practice culture and identity and lane and i have been discussing that there's not a lot of heathen podcasts out there There there's some very good ones Mm -hmm. and
0: it's true we just want to add some new voices to the mix and uh, what we want to do is really focus on uh, practicing our heathenry today yeah so we hope that you'll join us and that you'll enjoy uh, enjoy the show and give us some feedback we would love feedback absolutely we'd like to hear what people think about it so First of all, we'd like to use our first show to just talk about who we are, our experiences, and mm-hmm. why we want to do this, and how we came to heathenry. Yeah. Lane, would you like to go first? Sure. Or would you like me to?
1: Shall we throw for it again? Okay, yeah. This let's... has become a tradition for us, so yeah, all do right. we're doing rock, paper, scissors for everyone who can't see. One, two, three. Oh, I got the rock again. Okay, well. great. Well, my name is John Hyatt.
0: I grew up in a rural community in Utah. And as I was growing up, I was LDS, or commonly known as Mormon. It is a form of Christianity. And I practiced Mormonism until I was about 20 years old. And during that, I read a lot of comic books. So, comic mm-hmm. books are, were my greatest friends. And a part of comic book lore is Thor and Wonder Woman and Hercules. And so I was really familiar with the versions of DC and Marvel of the gods and goddesses Mm -hmm. and uh, read a lot about them and had a really uh, great experience with that. And um, also was the openness to other gods and goddesses of the Marvel and DC universes, such as Superman had his own uh, pantheon that they worked with and other characters did as well. So it was really cool to have that widened spiritual opportunity, Mm -hmm. Uh, even though they're not real in our mind. But still, it was just that there were other gods and goddesses possible out there other than just the one. And for me, that kind of kept the door open a lot. I kind of always mm-hmm. wondered if there were other gods or goddesses and what it would be like to have people really worshiping them today. Little did I know their people were. Yeah. <laughs> really exciting. Uh, when I was 18, I went into the military and became involved with Born Again Christianity. Okay. And became very hardcore about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a great learning experience it's one that i wish that i had a different experience but i did learn a lot Mm -hmm. and i um, eventually came to the point where i felt that christianity was not as fulfilling as i had hoped or thought it was and i likened it to um, feeling like i was a bird that had my wings taped down like with duct tape so Mm -hmm. i could still bounce around and move around but i just couldn't be all that i thought i was meant to be yeah. So, you know, through a series of life growth experiences and things, I just kind of went to the the God as I knew him and said, hey, what's going on? I I, I don't know what's happening here. And I just got this really strange message. Not strange. I just got this message that said, like, I love you for who you are and um, just do what you need to do. Mm hmm. And so I kind of left Christianity at that point and just said, I'm just going to focus on the nature spirits. And I did a lot of work with nature spirits, especially here in San Diego, where I was living, uh, especially at the beach. uh, And uh, worked with nature spirits and just kind of got in tune with the nature here. Mm -hmm. It was really great. I thought I always felt the presence of other gods and goddesses, but I didn't know how to find out who they were. Or how to get in touch with them um, seems kind of strange. Having uh, been reading comic books and having access to Greek and um, N- Nordic uh, gods and goddesses through there, but I still just didn't know that I could really reach out to them. Right. Um, so, I, but I know I felt their presence. I know I felt a lot of presence from uh, the Greek gods and goddesses, and um, later I got involved with them. Um, the Irish community here. Mm-hmm. So I started kind of thinking about the old Irish gods and goddesses and pursuing that. In about 2003, I joined Meetup and uh, discovered somehow, I don't even know how, I wasn't actively searching for it, but I discovered a witch's meetup mm-hmm. and decided to meet at a coffee shop and find out what these people were like and what this spirituality was like because I really felt that I was being drawn and I needed to find something more uh, than just working with the nature spirits. And now that that was insufficient or bad, it was just, there was more calling me and, uh, to continue the growth. And so I met, uh, with the, the witches there and became involved with a, a local group called Chalice Circle, mm-hmm. an open teaching group. And it was really exciting. I learned a lot. Good. And, um, was active in leading ritual with them and learning, and um, I went to this great workshop, or this great um, convention called PantheaCon, which is held every year in um, San Jose, and um, takes place around uh, Valentine's Day, so it's President's Day weekend, or Washington's birthday weekend. And I went there in 2006, and was just amazed at all of the different paths that were representative and the people that were there and the workshops available and uh, found on the second floor this really cool uh, floor filled with hospitality suites of different groups that were opened up so people can learn about them. That's good. Yeah, it's really exciting. So will this
1: be your 10th Pantheon this year?
0: No, I haven't been going every year. Right. it would be probably more like my 7th. Okay. So... Uh, but I'm really looking forward to it again. Mm-hmm. Um, even now, it's still very exciting. Uh, I get to go back and visit with friends that um, are kind of my PantheaCon friends or my p friends. Right. There are people that I know there, and then we go off to our parts of the world and le- lead our lives, and we come back, and it's old home week. It's really cool. That's great. Uh, yeah, it is. And um, so at that first PantheaCon lane, I uh, stumbled into a hospitality suite for Andre Fein, Mm-hmm. or otherwise known as ADF, mm-hmm. and they are the modern druids. And um, what's cool about ADF is it's not just Celtic druidry that they um, work with. They work with the indigenous or the Pr- proto-Indo-European practices of all the cultures in, in Europe up there. Right. So you got Celtic and Greek and Roman. hmm and um, and ours Teutonic and Nordic right. and Anglo-Saxon and it's really exciting. The Norse are well
1: represented among ADF.
0: Yes, they are. Yeah. Yes, they are. I think they're the second or third second largest, largest hearth so far, yeah. followed by Hellenics. Yeah, you know. very exciting. Mm-hmm. It is. So uh, I found that we, I had a lot of things in common with with uh, ADF. Mm. Uh, they're um, working with the pantheon the pantheons. Uh, they're polytheistic, which I am. I believe in gods and goddesses are individual and separate and uh they honor nature spirits Mm -hmm. the local nature spirits where people live and and work and and they honor their ancestors and i thought that really resonated well with me and i got very involved with them it was very cool uh of course finally finding names and things with all of this i started exploring the irish hearth Mm -hmm. uh, mainly because i was very involved with the irish community (laughs) so got involved with that and started practicing and uh, formed a grove with uh, my co-friend brian and Mm -hmm. uh, we formed a grove here in san diego coast oak grove and it's in our 10th year really excited about that that's great yeah and um a couple of years after that probably around 2009 I started feeling a change a shift uh, the Irish gods were not getting distant from me but I was feeling a little change in their attitude and how we were working together and it was sometime uh, I was working with them and I just felt like I was being called into another room or something like I don't know if
1: you've had someone say come with me oh yeah absolutely and You know, uh, we've discussed before, but it's uh, 2009. It seemed to be, uh, there seems to be a cycle going on that that happened to a lot of people there. It seems like there was some heavy recruiting being done by the uh, the Vanir and Ace here in 2009. It must have uh, been, because
0: I really felt like what happened was the um, Brygian took me by the hand mm-hmm. and just kind of led me over. And she said, here, you belong with them. Yeah. And standing before me was Odin and Freya and Freyr and mm-hmm. Thor. And I was like, what? But I'm Irish or I'm working with the Irish and I do have some Irish ancestry, yeah. but not as much as my Germanic ancestry because mm-hmm. um, my mother is from the Netherlands. So I'm very Dutch. Yeah. have a lot of Dutch ancestry and I just got this, but I don't want to go with them. And Bridget was like, no. That you belong with them. And I turned over to them and they opened their arms and uh, they enveloped me in and i felt very comfortable ever since. God. And uh, opened up a lot and I've been working with different gods and goddesses and mm-hmm. learning a little bit about them and f- finding out who um, has their hand on me. And I know Odin's places care on me a lot. And right. uh, uh, Freya was always very strong in my life and I think that... Um I just kind of felt
1: like they said, Yes, we let the Irish pantheon foster you. Right. You needed that for a while. That's not an uncommon experience as I've found it. People spending time with, with a um well, with a friendly pantheon or or a particular deity, uh, time to heal and time to grow into themselves before they're brought home. And it sounds like you were brought home in two thousand nine, you know?
0: I think so, absolutely and since then i've been practicing a teutonic path mm-hmm. um germanic here um learning continuing to learn i um, have a lot left to learn and it's exciting to keep reading and meeting new people and doing great things and going to Pantheacon for the last few years each year has been an exciting part of that and um about 2012, I discovered mm-hmm. our local kindred here in San Diego, Kindred of the Northern Hammer. Okay. And that opened up a whole new path to working with just heathens. Right. Um, in our grove, um, we're pan um, pantheon, <laughs> meaning we we have different people with different hearths, so our rituals reflect that. Okay. Very eclectic. Yeah. And uh, But working with the Kindred of the Northern Hammer has been very good and very exciting. Mm-hmm. And um, our Githia has since... Um, moved into other um, aspects of her life and training and uh, she's asked that i keep doing the ritual and take care of the kindred and that's very exciting for me and i'm very honored that she trusts me and i hope that i can keep serving the kindred as well as she has all the past uh, 15 or 20 years so um I'm going to keep working on leadership yeah. and last year at PantheaCon at the facets of Freya ritual Freya mm-hmm. reached out to me and said you are definitely one that I want to have work with me and she called me in and I'm really excited about that.
1: I'm excited for you
0: working yeah, with Freya is a wonderful thing. Yeah. So. so basically that's a little bit about me mm-hmm. and uh, all I can say is I don't know everything and I'm going to keep learning.
1: Absolutely. And that's a good place to be coming from.
0: Yeah.
1: So um, for me, uh, I started off, I was raised, uh, well, I was raised Episcopalian, sort of. We won't really explain the tenets of our faith because my mom was a seeker at that point in her life. I was also raised uh, in between some fantasy uh, pantheons, you might say, too. You had your comic books. I was raised with uh, C.S. Lewis and the Narnia series and uh, um, Tolkien. Uh, Both of them. And uh, C.S. Lewis was how we were taught to read when we were kids, and Tolkien was what we were encouraged to pursue and continue with. And I think I had some early exposure to Germanic ideas and pantheons there, uh, with Tolkien being a Germanic scholar. And also, C.S. Lewis, I've heard a lot of people complain about how Christian he is, yeah. um, and he was a Christian theologian, so that's understandable. But his books, the Narnia series, is very pagan, too. He talks about the gods and the spirits of nature in it. They show up. They're a part of the story, too. So, in any case, um, as I said, my mom was a seeker, and she found uh, she became Muslim. She found Islam uh, when I was very young. And uh, I converted along with her because that's where she was, and it was fascinating to me. It was another culture with another language, and it was really interesting. And after she, you know, after a while, she met a, uh, an Egyptian software engineer, and we moved to Saudi Arabia, to Jeddah, um, which is a big port city on the west part of Saudi Arabia. And it was only supposed to be for a few months, but it ended up being most of my childhood and, and uh, teenage years. Well, that's a big change, too. (laughs) It was a huge change for me. And uh, my mother still lives there because she likes it. But uh, when I came of age, I wanted to move back to the United States. I wanted to come back here for school and well, and also to live. And so I moved and I wasn't in a place where I was satisfied with Islam. Um, It didn't resonate well with me in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And there were parts of it that that just that didn't speak to my heart. And so I wasn't exactly looking when I came back to the States, but I was in college, and it was early in college, and this was in the mid to late 90s, probably 1996-97, that I had an anthropology project where we were supposed to go and observe the uh, practices or a gathering of another faith. And I had a lot of pagan friends because, you know, went to coffee shops and knew a lot of nerdy people. And there's a big intersection there. <laughs> yes, so there is. <laughs> um, they were they were always going to pagan coffee like once or twice a month. So I decided to tag along with them. And I discovered that the people at pagan coffee were really nice and they weren't scary people. And some of them felt like, I mean, like one of the priestesses felt like a holy person to me also. So uh, over time, I evolved my in my views and started attending a, there was a year and a day teaching a class, dedication class that was being put on by a local coven. Um, and uh, I didn't end up joining the coven at the end of it because it just didn't mesh with my views necessarily. But one of the things that was brought up was Asatru uh, as a different pagan path, as another ag- pagan path. And I had always been fascinated with the Norse gods. My my actual introduction to the Norse gods was when I was a kid. I found a choose your own adventure book called uh, The Trumpet of Terror, just set in ancient Scandinavia, and your family is a family that uh, has been touched by Odin, and he comes to you for uh, he comes to you for help, uh, dealing with Gulveig actually. Uh, Gulveig is causing chaos in Asgard, and um, he draws you into into that particular web. And those names and those stories resonated with me in a very deep way. They they shook my bones and they, they excited my imagination. And even when I was a little kid, before I moved to the Middle East, I would um, I tried setting up little shrines in my room. I didn't know what I was doing, but, you know, <laughs> I was trying and uh, I'd read about Norse mythology. So fast forward back to the future. Um, people talked about Asatru and I my first experiences with Asatru were not necessarily positive, Um so i kind of moved back away from it to a general more eclectic paganism although in private and with friends i still held blots and uh we we still primarily focused on the norse gods it was it was a lot more standard modern eclectic pagan um mm-hmm. i had with my friend rose we had a congregation of sorts that went on for a while for a good many years we held the she and i you know essentially co-priestess we held the rituals for our community um, had a lot of people coming to them at one point and, and it was a very resonant and powerful thing. But after she passed away in 2008, I kind of lost my... I lost my steam. It was hard for me to continue doing it without her. It would be. Yeah, mm. yeah. I'm, I, was, I was used to it, you know. And uh, when when one of the spiritual leaders in your community is going through their own emotional crises and no one can exactly turn to you, then then it's difficult for you to be the person that holds everything together. Yes. And I couldn't I couldn't do that at that point because her loss devastated me. But uh in two thousand nine I decided to start going back to Brushwood. I'd been going to um there's a campground in uh, southern New York called Brushwood, where the Serious Rising Festival is held every year. And it's a big pagan festival, a week long celebration with workshops and Dancing and fires and bonfires every night, and it's it's a really good time and fantastic. And I started Sounds going back. Exciting. Oh, I love it. Oh, what time of year is that held? That's held. Um, I believe it's held in July. July. Okay. Um, Sp- Summer time. Okay. During, yeah, during the warm months, although it gets pretty cold at night because you're still in the mu- mountains of southern New York.
0: I've heard it gets very cold and rainy yeah. sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've I've had my experiences being rained out. We call those years mudwood or squishwood. Um, <laughs> But uh, in Brushwood, there is, and if you ever get the chance to see it, it's it's wonderful. There's a space called the Runestead that's dedicated to the northern gods. Wow. And uh, there's also the, the ADF's Nemeton, which is dedicated to Celtic gods right across across a dirt path from it. <laughs> but um, the Runestead, I've seen it go up and down over the years, and it's been improving every year. But anyway, at the Runestead, um, uh, Patricia Lafile was holding a Freya's blood. Um, where we, you know, we bloated her and then we uh there was a meditation to encounter her, uh to interact with her. And the visions that I had were powerful and important to me. And Patricia also travels with uh sometimes travels with a little traveling Freya shrine as well, um, that she maintains and you know, encourages people to go in there and have their own private experiences with the lady, and that was really powerful for me as well. So I started to, over the years, started to refocus more on the Northern Pantheon specifically and, and study and read more about heathenry as it's practiced. My initial experiences with Asatru, um, notwithstanding, I had started to meet, well, cool heathens in places that I was going um at uh you know, Brushwood we you know, there is there is Patty and there are the some of the Hrafnar folks and, and you know, just other cool people who follow the Northern Pantheons who did not the, my first experiences were off putting because the folks that I encountered were very exclusivist and and kind of super macho and stuff too. So mm-hmm. and this was the opposite kind of experience. And honestly, more often than not, especially with in person in person experiences with heathens this is more of what I've come to see anyway as good people getting together, you know? Yeah, me too. So that's where things have gone. And uh, more recently, over the last couple of years, my relationship with and devotion to Freya has grown and has become a more prominent part of my life to the point where I run I run an online community for her people, um, for us to talk about her. Uh, it's virtual assessment on on Facebook. I've been invo- involved in a lot of work with her, and gotten to the point where people have started contacting me fairly randomly about, you know, dreams or visions or, or just asking questions about her. And that's the phase of my life that I've moved into now. So, oh, and now I'm in San Diego where, you know, I moved, moved here in uh, uh, 2015, September of 2015. So it's only been four months now. And one thing that I want to say is, um, you know, I brought up that cycle. It was 2009 where I found Freya again and where I started getting drawn back into things again. And to 2015 has felt like, it felt like um, an end of that cycle and the beginning of a new one, an expanding wheel, uh, a spiral growing outwards, essentially from the place where I was those six years ago. So that brings me to here in San Diego, Heathen and a Freya's woman. So Awesome. Yeah. That's great. It's a great, it's a great journey. It's it's been a journey. It definitely has been. But I'm glad to be home. I feel like I'm home in a lot of ways here. You know, um, in my spiritual life and in my you know mundane life as well. Well, so. I'm really
0: glad to have you here too, Lane, so that we can
1: work on projects
0: together and work on serving the lady. Yeah. And building a strong community here.
1: Absolutely. And I uh, I will add that when I first came here. Um, so, uh, it was my birthday. That was Pagan Pride Day, only a couple of days after I got here, and the opening ritual was being done by ADF, and the ritual was dedicated to Freya and her brother. I had no idea this was going on, but I took that as a good sign. So, she's been with me through the journey, and you know, I've come to trust her, and my trust is not easily earned. So, yeah, great.
0: Well, we're really glad you're here, and yep. I'm really glad that we are doing this
1: absolutely um,
0: podcast. And we are hoping to have some great guests coming up. Absolutely, yeah. And to discuss some interesting po- um, topics of subject mm-hmm. that will be just a different different voice on things. And right. to be able to explain or explore different viewpoints and different ways to apply those um, practices to today's usages. And, and uh, we just want to be an eclectic voice, uh, open to a lot of different people. And hopefully right. we'll... we'll
1: Encourage folks to live their best. I mean, you know, we've we've discussed this, but as a heathen, you know, I the lore is very important, but it's a starting point and and a jumping off point, and it's a touchstone for us to go back to. But both of us are people who are are willing to experience it as well. You know, um, it's important. You you can learn, you know, you can you can uh, learn to recite the uh, the adas back and forth. But that's, once you once you step into a blot, that's a different feeling. You know, yes, that's that's is. an entirely different experience. And once you start feeling their hands in your life, you know, the hands of the gods and the ancestors in your life, that, that changes things for you in a way that just reading about them isn't going to. This is true. So Absolutely. we're looking for voices of people who have a lot of experience or have interesting experiences that they want to share, um, you know. So that's, that's kind of what we're aiming at and what we're going to be looking at.
0: Absolutely. And we're looking forward to, um, seeing, having on our next show, uh, Uh,
1: James Hoder, my good friend, uh, James, he's, uh, I refer to him on my blog as Jim the Odensman. (laughs) Uh, Jim and I, our spiritual journeys kind of, uh, paralleled each other in some ways. I invited him back in 2009 to, uh, on nine nine oh nine, because it wasn't going to happen again in any of our lifetimes. That is really cool. To do a blót to Odin, and uh, he he wasn't even a, he wasn't even close to being a heathen at that point, but he was interested, and uh, we did this blót together. And since then, he's been on that path, and uh, he's been working towards it. And Jim is a specialist in the runes. He's a runester and an Odin'sman. And our next show, we're going to be doing a lot of discussion about Odin and the runes because, hey, that's the gateway for a lot of people. It generally is. (laughs) Yeah. I've had uh, one friend describe, you know, when you pick up the runes, it's like picking up the one ring. A huge eye turns, a huge single eye turns towards you and you feel its gaze (laughs) upon you. I think
0: think Odin um, reaches out to a lot of people now, whether he he hangs on to them Mm -hmm. um, as his devotees for any length of time or not. Um, I don't know. I don't think a lot of that happens. Usually we disperse in, into the halls of some of the others. Yeah. Uh, and it's really exciting when those happen as well. You know, but yeah.
1: Yeah, that's my experience too. He was, I felt that he was part of what drew me to heathenry, but he's not who I stayed with or he's, you know, I'm I'm not his, uh, I'm not his woman the way some others I know are. Yeah. Um, as a quick announcement also regarding Jim, he's in the hospital right now. He's uh, not doing well. He's got pneumonia, and we want him to be able to speak on the next show. And he's a dear friend, so I want him to feel better. So any uh, any good thoughts or prayers or offerings anyone can do on his behalf uh, would be much appreciated. He's he's a very dear person, and I think he's a very valuable person too. Absolutely, and I've heard him interviewed on Northern Runes Radio. That's right. Yeah. Um, with
0: about his blog Runes for All. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, for all. Lore for all. Sorry. Yeah. Yes. And he has some really interesting insights, and he sounds like a really wonderful uh, person. So, yes. uh, if nothing else, even if he doesn't come on to our show, we want him out there because he's exploring the runes in some really modern and wonderful ways. Yeah. And he's got a voice, and it's great. He so does. We wish him well. We yeah, him absolutely. Well. We, we, we shall um, ask the gods to send him good healing and um, take care of him. Yeah.
1: We're also yeah. looking for uh, musicians.
0: We would love to have some good heathen music, mm-hmm. and um, right now uh, I know there's a lot of musicians out there and a lot of music out there, and a lot of variety of music out yeah. there. So, um, if you are a heathen musician and uh, you're interested in allowing us permission to share your music with folks, we would love to be able to do that or have you on and have you and talk to you about your process and
1: or both you know why yeah absolutely absolutely. why you Mm -hmm. make
0: music why you make heathen music and Mm -hmm. what it is that that's important to you about that and that would be great and um one of the things that we do want to do is uh allow people to have a voice and Mm -hmm. to to share that with others so that people can know and learn
1: yeah that's great
0: and good music would be great
1: (laughs) yeah it would be welcome um Shall we do the rune drawing?
0: Let's do a rune drawing. One of the things that we would like to do on a regular basis is do a rune drawing and we haven't pre we haven't pre drawn. Mm-hmm. So we are gonna do this on shake them up really well so they can hear. <laughs> there we go. Okay.
1: Alright. So do you wanna to... yeah? Alright. Let's find out. And Burcano. No, that's uh, Perthro. Oh, Perthro. Sorry. Not yeah, no, it's okay. Oh, my brain. There's some similarities. <laughs> yeah.
0: Perthro. That is an excellent rune, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's... My initial thought is that um, a lot of stuff can be opened up from here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Perthro is uh, often uh, chance, opportunity, possibility. It's. Um, often representative of new beginnings, or is often taken as new beginnings, or also as the unknown. We're going into the unknown. We're starting a, a brand new show. and uh, But the kind of luck that is associated with it, people often associate it with good luck as well. Um, so I think that that's a, uh, an excellent rune. Let's see, the uh, here we have the Anglo-Saxon rune poem. The chess piece, or the gaming piece, means play and laughter. Where in the middle of the warriors sit in the beer hall, blithely together. Very positive, it so, is. And it also brings to mind the uh, the story. And this has been occurring to me, and I, I, it came to mind, so I wanted to share it here. In uh, Vuluspa, when it talks about after Ragnarok, about how those left over will find the the golden gaming pieces that the gods used once upon a time, and uh, and pick them up and use them themselves. That, the other night, occurred to me as a powerful metaphor for what we're doing. Uh, the old ways, in a lot of places, in a lot of ways have been broken. They've fallen into disuse. We don't know them anymore. All we have is these pieces, these runes these stories, this lore, what what few things we know about how our ancestors pa- uh, passed. We've got these gaming pieces and we pick them up and we look at them and we try to figure out how that game was played mm-hmm. and what, what they meant in that game and how each of those pieces, you know, where they fit into the grand hole. And we're not going to have the same thing that our ancestors had, but we're at least playing with the pieces that they used and carrying on their tradition that way.
0: Absolutely. And we can use the pieces that are going in a way that's going to be beneficial to us much yeah. as they did um, we can't use them exactly the way they did because we don't live the same lives right
1: so that's very true
0: i think the best way to honor our ancestors is to take the things that they left us or that we have been able to find from them and how can we use those today and re- repurpose them sort of to yes speak. Mm-hmm. you know we're we're not going to completely change them but we're going to see how can they inspire us Mm-hmm. And causes uh, to good living today. That's great. That's yeah. great. I'm really excited about getting Perthos uh, yeah. for this rune. Um, to me, that's like a great way to just have things open up and, and really start out. Mm-hmm. So
1: so here's to good beginnings. Here's the great beginnings. Absolutely. Excellent. Yes. And uh, hail to you, listeners, to anyone who's picked up our show at this point, whether you're sharing it the month we put it out or a year from now. So thank you for coming uh, on the first steps of our journey with us.
0: Yes. And um, send us some good um, thoughts and um, that the gods and goddesses will guide us and that we will do this for their honor. The, the podcast gods will watch over us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we're, we welcome feedback. Play gifts of the weird at gmail.com.
0: We bid you farewell and uh, raise a horn to you and our listeners and to the
1: gods Alfra
0: Freya. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you very much Thank you. and we look forward to hearing from you and we will see you with the next or we will speak with you with the next podcast next yep. episode. Bye bye. Bye
1: bye.